pages 25 and 26 from Unexplainable Jesus, Rediscovering the God You Thought You Knew by Erica Wiggenhorn. I wonder how Zechariah felt regarding the words the angel was speaking. It would be almost too much to take in, wouldn't it? We adopted our son the day he was born, and he was quite ill from the start. He had to stay in the hospital the first week of his life while the doctors ran test after test. The first night after his birth was horrific. He seized and screamed until he fell asleep for two minutes, and then it would begin all over again. The nurses told me the only thing I could do was swaddle him as tightly as I could and clutch him securely to my chest. By the morning, my arms throbbed and my heart was broken. My saving grace was the presence of my mother-in-law by our side. A nurse for over 20 years, she was the calming presence. I needed to not lose it in rage that others' choices would cause him such harm. How long would this last? The following night, I went home to be with our daughter, and my husband stayed with him, with his mom and our son. I feared how the night would unfold. All I could do was pray. The next morning, my mother-in-law called and told me how they had had the most amazing nurse that night. Her name was Christina. She said she worked with babies like our Nathan all the time, and she seemed to know exactly what to do. She was able to calm him down and get him to sleep for more than just a couple of minutes at a time. I got in the car and drove to the hospital, eager to meet her. When I laid eyes on Christina, she was not at all what I had expected. She had long gray hair, kind of frizzy, parted in the middle, and wore all white scrubs, which was a bit odd for a labor and delivery nurse. There was nothing particularly beautiful about her appearance, but her eyes were pools of the purest blue, and I felt as though I could drown in the peace they reflected. She smiled faintly at me and took my hand. She began to speak words over my son that I can scarcely remember as I was in such awe over her presence and the entire event unfolding around me. What I do remember is that she said he was a strong child and he would overcome this rough beginning. He had a curious mind and much wisdom would be required in raising him. I remember staring at her thinking, how can you know this about a child not even 48 hours old? Then she squeezed my hand, took Nathan out of my arms, kissed his forehead, whispered something over him I could not hear, handed him back to me, and left. My dear friends, you are in for a treat today. Buckle up. My conversation with Erica Wiggenhorn and the unexplainable Jesus is going to really touch your heart. Sometimes the story we tell ourselves is not really true. Sometimes the story others tell about us is not really true. Here on today's Heart Lift with Janelle, we are going to learn how to rewrite our story. So pick up your favorite pen and journal, grab a cup of something delicious, and start your heart-lifting journey towards living a meaningful life. Hello and welcome to today's Heartlift with Janelle. I am once again over the moon. I've been over the moon a lot lately because all of these wonderful, beautiful people who are visiting the podcast. And today I get to bring to you the beautiful Erica Wiggenhorn, and she is the founder of Every Life Ministries. I love, love Erica's work, and her byline is making evident the power of scripture to transform lives. Well, Heartlifters, that's where we are all about transformation. And so I'm just so happy to bring Erica in. And, you know, this is, I was thinking uh, as I was getting started here that 
This is one of the benefits, honestly, of COVID-19. And I'm sure eternally there were many benefits that we cannot see as of yet. But that because we're not traveling, like right now, I'd probably be busy, 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 new book, traveling around. Erica's got a new book and the paths would not mix. But in some ways, because of that, we are now zooming in, zooming, zooming, zooming. And so I've met so many people I don't think I would have really, really met outside of this. And for that, I'm very grateful. And I want to welcome you, Erica, to our show today. Let me brag a little bit about you first, though. She writes Bible studies and teaches biblical principles for life change. So you know that's why I love her. She's passionate about God's word and its ability to transform us personally along with our relationships. And you know that I have that highlighted. Her latest release by Moody Publishers, Unexplainable Jesus, Rediscovering the God You Thought You Knew. Released in 2019, and it's an in-depth look at the book of Luke. She has two others in that series, Unexplainable Life, Unexplainable Church, and she has a new book, drumroll please, Letting God Be Enough. Why Striving Keeps You Stuck, and How Surrender Sets You Free. <laughs> Woo, we have been talking about some stuckness here, Erica, so we can't wait to have you back on. We already have that on the books to talk about that book. But for today, we are going to talk about uh, Unexplainable. Let me just take a second, and we always are about the words within the words here. Unexplainable is an adjective, and it means incapable of being explained. Well, you knew I had to go down to explained and what that means. Explained means to make known. We've also been talking a whole lot about being known. So you are just right on time, right on target. Explained means to give the reason or cause of something, to show the logical, like left brain, development, or relationship of. So we have to go to logical and see that that means capable of reasoning or using reason in an orderly, cogent, or convincing fashion. Well, throw everything explained and everything logical out the window because we're bringing in the expert on the unexplainable. And if we ever needed you, we need you now. Erica has also volunteered as a teacher for Alongside Ministries, a group working with the incarcerated community learning to walk with Christ after their release from prison. Wow. She's also worked as a children's ministry director and an elementary teacher. Before this, she graduated from Azusa Pacific. I love that university with a double major. When I found this out, I was like, wow. Political science and business administration. She also earned an MA in language acquisition and development. She lives in Phoenix, Arizona. Never been there, but want to be. With her husband, Jonathan, and children, Eliana and Nathan. And they attend Desert Springs Community Church, where Erica volunteers with Karis Women's Ministry. I love that because that means grace, teaching, and serving on its leadership team. So without further ado... I just want to bring you on, Erica. We want to welcome you and we want to get to know you and love on you and hear your heart. So welcome. Thank you, Janelle. I'm so (laughs) excited to be here. And of course, I'm excited to talk about Jesus. Yes. Yes. And the encounter, like in, in my book, Stronger Every Day, a main theme is when we experience a Jesus encounter, nothing's ever the same. No. And I know that you share that in in all of your work, in all of your books, that a Jesus encounter changes everything. And we're right off the heels of our highest hallelujah with Easter in our rearview mirror. But now we're living into a resurrected life and learning how to live a resurrected life. And what does that mean? And what does that look like? And so before we got started here, you and I were having a very, well, I was just listening. (laughs) Erica was having a very passionate, she was preaching and it was so good and I didn't have it on tape. So I just want to welcome you into that conversation when I asked you if you had any thoughts about where you would like our conversation to go today. Yeah. Yes. So the thing that struck me, so I've been reading your book, Stronger Every Day. I've been making my way through it. It's Mm -hmm. so phenomenal. And what 
jumped out at me is when I went through Luke's gospel and I was writing unexplainable Jesus, the thing that just, it kept, Jesus kept coming back to over and over and over was our heart. He wants our heart. And from the very outset, when I was reading stronger every day, you paint this beautiful word picture Mm -hmm. of this Japanese artisan who repairs Bro, I'm not going to try to say the Japanese word. (laughs) Okay. He, he takes these broken pieces of pottery, which we will say represent our hearts. Mm -hmm. I think just about every person out there has had some kind of brokenness to their heart in this broken, shattered planet. Uh, And, and he applies this magic golden dust to bring all of the pieces back together to form this beautiful piece of artwork, something that was actually more beautiful than before it was even broken. Yes. And what struck me is I, I was like, unexplainable Jesus is the magic golden dust. It is. He's the magic golden dust. Yes. Through (laughs) that dust was how the light penetrated into the vessel. And that is exactly what Jesus promises to do. He's like, your heart is cold. Your heart is in pieces. Your heart feels broken. Your heart feels dark. You know, maybe your heart feels hopeless or just Mm -hmm. void of life, void of energy and light. And he's like, I want to bring the light into your heart. That's what I came to do. Mm-hmm. And so I just loved it because as I was going through your book stronger every day, I was like, this is like hand in glove to unexplainable Jesus because you you are explaining in stronger every day in that beautiful word picture of that Japanese artist repairing that broken pot and applying that magic golden dust you are giving such a beautiful word picture of what Jesus Mm -hmm. is laying out in the gospel of Luke, all through the gospel Mm -hmm. of Luke. Yeah. Reconciliation, repairing, Mm -hmm. bringing back to life what is broken, what is dead, what is hopeless, bringing beauty to what feels ugly and dark and wrong and evil. So it's just so, so beautiful. And I just loved it. And I loved, you know what else I loved? Tell me. Was, you know, the thing that Jesus is constantly trying to do in the book of Luke is he's constantly trying to get the people to understand, like, you guys, listen, it's not about trying harder. It's not (sighs) about doing better. It's not about being better. It's not about, Oh, just give it all you got. Yeah. It's not about that. Yeah. It's all about your heart. Jesus is like, listen, if you will just give me your heart, oh. I'll do all the work. I all don't get need- that. This yeah. is where I'm sitting in my life right now. Like, I help just, me. I just need you to sit in my presence and let the truth of my word heal you. Let my Holy Spirit work in your heart and your life through the life-giving words of scripture. And, and I do the work. All I want you to do is just sit down, open your hands, hand over your heart, and let me do unexplainable things in your life. But man, we don't get that, do we? We don't Erica, get that. I'm, we- I'm having a real hard time, honestly. Yeah. Me just because, and I do not think I'm alone. No, I am no a doer, 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 striver, striver, striver. Yeah, work hard, work hard, work hard. And I get what you're saying, and and a big part of stronger every day. My work is making that connection from the head to the heart, right? right? So that long, long journey that has to take place. So. Help me, if you would, because you are on fire and I am ready to receive, and I know that our heart lifters are ready to receive. What does that? <sighs> I completely understand that striving piece and the, like, I get what you're saying. I hear it, but how do I do that? How does that 
practically live out in my life. And, you know, I have lived a lot of years in perfection prison. (laughs) So I completely understand what you're saying. And I can remember, so my husband and I, we went through years of infertility. And God grew our family through his bounty, not through biology. And when we first received our baby girl, whom, you know, we had shed tears over, prayed over. And here I have been given this beautiful child from this precious birth mother who handed her over to me and said, I really wanted to be the first one to wish you a happy Mother's Day. I took that baby girl home and in the middle of the night as she was crying and I'm just holding her in the rocking chair and I'm just crying and I'm saying to God, don't let me mess this up. Oh, wow. Like, what a gift. I, I have this yeah. light that you've given me this life and I don't want to mess it up. I want to do it right. I want to do it perfectly. And I think that's really the heart's cry of just about every mom out there, right? So. We want every, every woman. Right. Yeah. We just yes. want to do life right. We're we in the center of spheres right. of influence. Yes. Yes. And I remember the Lord just whispering to me in the quietness of my heart saying, child, if you were a perfect mom, why would she ever need a heavenly father? She wouldn't, right? Because no, I'm already I'm already perfect. So why would she need God, <laughs> right. right? She's already right. got a perfect mom. And see, this is the unexplainable piece yes. about Jesus. It's like, if we can fix ourselves, Yes. If we can figure out if I follow step one through 10, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be perfectly healed. My heart's going to be perfectly healed. Everything's going to be fine. If I can do it all by myself when someone just hands me a script. Yes. Why would I need Jesus? Mm. This is what we have to understand is, is Jesus does it in such a way that we need him. We do. And that's really the grace. That's really Mm -hmm. the gospel Mm -hmm. is us coming to a point of saying, I don't know how to move this Mm -hmm. from my head to my heart. I can incorporate some practices into my life that help me do that. And I Mm -hmm. certainly should. And Mm -hmm. Jesus definitely taught his disciples Mm -hmm. to do that. He was like, look, you pray, you connect with your father. Yes. Um, he was. Uh, you come a away, student. you come away. Yes, you come right. away. You rest, mm-hmm. you get something to eat. You take <laughs> care of your physical body mm-hmm. in order to be Mentally uh, able strong. to receive mm-hmm. spiritually. Yep. He talked a lot about reconciliation and relationships and how important that is to the heart of God. So it's not like we just passively sit back and do nothing. Jesus definitely didn't teach that, but mm-hmm. there's this element that Jesus teaches that it, he's like, look, you have to understand mm-hmm. apart from me, apart from me, you can do nothing. Say that again. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And in the middle of speaking that truth bomb, You know, Jesus is using this illustration of the vine and the branches, right? In John 15, yes. He's that life-giving vine. And as we stay connected to him, that that word that he keeps using in in John Mm -hmm. 15, abide. Abide. Yeah. Abide, abide, abide. Do you know what's hilarious to me about that word abide? Please tell me. Tell me. (laughs) If you look up that word in the Mm -hmm. Greek, it's spelled M E. N-O. You're right. Me no. (gasps) Me no. Him. Yes. We need him. Isn't that just hilarious? Oh my gosh. I've looked at that a million times, but this is is why we need each other because you (laughs) brought that out. (laughs) That spark never came. That is abiding. No to me. And that no to me is not no to the the imago Deo, the, no, the image of image God of that has been placed into me, that me know is the lie of the enemy that's taken root in my heart. 
these these wounds and these messages that have marred what God created me to truly be. That's the me I'm saying no to. But the ego me. The, I like to say that's the the ego yeah, me. Our yeah. ego. That ego. But yeah. that's the that's the me that the world keeps saying. Oh, you bet. Build up that me. Build up that me. You need that me to be really, really strong if you're Mm going to be successful. And Jesus says, no, to be stronger every day is to walk in my strength. It is. And to realize that that all of that me that gets in the way, all of that me that triggers up all of these unhealthy responses, all of that me that that isolates and guards and pulls away and, and doesn't want to pursue um, collaboration and, and relationship. Yes. All of that me, mm-hmm. we need to say no to in yes. Jesus name. Yes. And so, and in our community, a lot of, you know, we, it, well, I would say even psychologically that is called the ego, right? That's our sin nature that drives us and drives us and drives us. It's also our personality, how we have learned to show up for life. So, you know, we have the way that I describe it is we have our God breathed self, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, We have our, our essence, but Mm -hmm. we all, you know, we come into the world in our essence, but then Life takes over our family of origins, whatever life comes in the fall. We come and we're born into the far from Eden. As we've been saying lately on our podcast, we're very far from Eden, but we're all in a journey to really be aware of our personality and how we show up for life. Those defense mechanisms, those coping for me, it's a striving, the ambition. If I'm only, you know, a success, if, and doing this, deep spiritual and emotional and mental health work to integrate these two humans that we've become so that we're, we're back into living the way we were born and breathed into mm-hmm. live. And so there's such a tension. And what I want to come back to with you, Erica, is those years of infertility, if you would allow us yeah. a window into that, because I know several in my life who are struggling with that particular struggle and the unexplainableness mm-hmm. around that and how perhaps you, because I know that you came to this message through the dark valley of the shadow of infertility. Yeah. I know that you did. I know that you didn't just arrive there with this message. This is how the message was born and breathed and birthed in you so that you could offer it now to all of us so that we can walk through the valley of our own shadow of the, of whatever it is Mm -hmm. with this picture and this presence and this possession of the Jesus that you met in that valley. So when you say to me, he just wants our heart. I mean, I'm on the verge of really weeping. I really am because I'm wrestling with it myself in my own valley. Uh, I know how to sit. I know how to meditate. I know how to be mindful. I know how to read the word. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. What is that? What did you learn in there that you can perhaps offer from your heart? What do we do with just sitting there and apart from him, do nothing? What does that look like? Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you a couple stories. Okay. My love story. Um, I can remember getting a phone call from a friend from college. We, I had lived out of state at this point and I had flown home for a long weekend to visit my parents and my friend from college had had a baby and she wanted me to come see her baby. Now, of course uh, she didn't know, you know, what we were going through at all. And in that moment I was so broken Hmm. Um, and my heart was just so grieving this death of a dream of yes. motherhood and how I thought it was all going to unfold yeah. and how I thought it should unfold for God to be fair. And I called her and I, I lied. I feigned a head cold wow. and I just said, gosh, you know, I would so love to see your little girl, but you know, I've come down with this terrible cold. I probably caught it on the airplane and I don't want to get your baby sick. And 
Um, I'm so sorry. I'm going to have to meet her another time. I just, not that lying is okay. Oh, it's, under, it's understandable. I, I it's understandable. So, I just couldn't, couldn't do it. Do it. I thought mm-hmm. I'm going to go over there and I'm going to hold that baby in my arms and I'm just going to have a complete Meltdown. breakdown. Yeah. And so I lied about it. And as I hung up the phone, I was sitting there and I just sensed the Lord saying to me, if you never birth a child in your belly, wow. will you ice? Isolate yourself from every person who does. And I just remember saying to God, I was so angry and so upset. And I just thought, well, you know, why can't I birth a baby in my belly? Like, why is this happening, God? Why? What are you doing? You know, and I remember the Lord just saying to me in that moment, if I don't grow your family through biology, but I grow your family through my bounty. Will I still be good? Will I still be good? And I just cried because it's like, well, of course you'll be good. You know, that's not what I want. That's not how I want it to be, but of course you'll still be good. And you know, the, the irony now in all of that is our daughter is 17. Our son is is 15. Wow. I cannot imagine I cannot imagine being mom to any other two humans on the planet. Wow. My kids are my world. And God knew exactly what he was doing. He totally knew what he was doing. But in that moment, I couldn't see it. Mm-mm. It's unexplainable. And, and I, right. It's unexplainable. And you know, and I, it's unexpressible. Like that's what I I, I feel like your next series is like it's unexplainable yeah, and it's, it's unexpressible. The pain is so deep. I, exactly. I kind of paint this word picture. This is how I kind of try to explain it to people. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and some of your listeners uh, may have, have heard this word picture before, but to me, it was so profound. God brought it uh, to me in a, in an old book I was reading by Dr. Dobson. Oh my um, goodness. Holding on to your faith when <laughs> life doesn't make sense. But he gives this word picture of this man standing on the edge of Niagara Falls and he has a wheelbarrow. And there's all these people around him and there's this tight rope that's stringing from one side of Niagara Falls to the other, which of course, if you fall off that tight rope, you're You're, immediately going to die, right? You're done. Um, And he's standing on the edge of Niagara Falls and he has this wheelbarrow and he says, do you believe I can take this wheelbarrow and I can push it across the tight rope to the other side of the falls and turn around and come back without plummeting to my death? Right. And and all the crowd is like, well, you know what? We don't no. know if you can do it or not, but it sure would be cool to watch. So you know what, dude, you go for that, right? You go yes. for it. You do and it. So he does. He takes the wheelbarrow, he makes it across, you know. Um, he comes back and the crowd is just going crazy, right? Like they're like, Wow, that was amazing. Like, what else can you do? Like, we've never seen anything like that. Like, who is like you? You are incredible. Oh my goodness, we've never We've never met somebody as astounding as you. Wow. Right? And then he turns, he quiets the crowd again because, you know, they're all going crazy, clamoring over how amazing he is. And he says, do you believe I can take this wheelbarrow and I can push it across the tightrope and I can come back without dropping the wheelbarrow or plummeting to my death? And they're like, well, of course we believe you can. We, we just saw you do it. And so he reaches out to the nearest person and he says, well, then you get in the wheelbarrow, (gasps) get in the wheelbarrow and see God. That's a difference between faith and trust. Yes. Because everybody standing on the edge of that Mm -hmm. falls had faith. Yes he could push the wheelbarrow across and come back and they're all telling him how amazing he is and what else can Mm -hmm. he do and who is like him. And they've never met anybody like him. And he's incredible. How many of us stand on the edge of Niagara Falls and we say those things to God? We do for absolute. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But then when God says, well, then get in the wheelbarrow and let me take you on the grandest adventure of your life. We go, Ooh, Pick somebody else. Wait a minute. 
let me let me see you do that with somebody else in the wheelbarrow first. Yes. And see, that's yes. trust. It is. That's trust. Mm-hmm. And that when I say God wants our heart, that's that's it. He mm-hmm. wants us to trust him mm-hmm. with our heart. Mm-hmm. He wants us to get in the wheelbarrow. And I will tell you, when you are in the wheelbarrow, yeah. when you're just nestled down in that wheelbarrow, you're looking at the face of God. Yeah. And you have no idea where mm. God is going because mm. the future is at the back of your head. It is. All you can see is God himself. Mm-hmm. And that's the essence of trust. And that's exactly where I was in the wheelbarrow through infertility. I had no idea where God was going. No. I, I couldn't have no. even imagined Mm-mm. the future that he had for me. What are your children's names, if you don't mind? So our oldest is Eliana. I, I introduced you. That's right. Yeah. Yes. And her name is uh, My God Has Answered. That's what her name means. And uh, she was an answer to many years of prayer. And she has been an answer to so many questions of my heart. Wow. And Nathan is short for Jonathan. We Mm. call him Nathan for short because Mm. my husband's name is Jonathan. So my husband's Jonathan. He's Jonathan (laughs) Jr., but we call him Nathan. So people don't get him mixed up. And his name means Jehovah has given or gift from God. And that's exactly what he is, is a gift from God. And so... We, we know it here. We do. We know it in our head. We do. We're we have faith in it. our head. Right. We have faith in our head. Mm-hmm. But God says, but you got to trust, trust me yeah. with your heart. Right. And we trust have. Trust me with your heart. Yeah. I think with trust, when I, I wrote about that in my second book, I, I um, jumped out of an airplane to experience uh, trust in God. Yeah. Uh, to, you got had, in the wheelbarrow. I did. I got in a wheelbarrow, but I was in a tandem. It was the same thing. I was like, okay, I'm just doing this. I don't know why, but I, I just felt like I, I had been comparing trusting in God, like a free fall, like jumping out of an airplane. So I thought, okay, the opportunity availed itself. So I, I said yes, without a blink of the eye. And I'm like, I got to test my material and see if it's right. And when I was in that experience, trust was really a journey of many, many years of, of studying what that meant. I always found the preposition in tucked right by trust. It was never just trust the Lord. It was always trust in In. the Lord. Mm -hmm. And that's, we got, we have to get in the wheelbarrow. That's right. That to me is the hardest, hardest part. And maybe Mm -hmm. you are an answer to the deep question of my heart today was what does it look like to get in the wheelbarrow and really trust him again? You know, I've been there before. I'm sure you have been there since. Oh, absolutely. Right. And that's the, see, and that's the thing I think where we get a little bit confused or maybe uh, the enemy can really do a number on us because we sort of get this idea. And I think it's because, you know, in church, in Christian circles, we talk about being saved by faith, right? So I put my faith in Jesus one time and now I'm saved, right? And And I always have faith in Jesus at this moment. But trust is a little different. I love Because this. in the wheelbarrow, I can climb in and out of that wheelbarrow. And sometimes I'm in the wheelbarrow on a tightrope. And I know like God's got his hand on the handles of that wheelbarrow. And I've got nowhere to go. But down. But, but <laughs> there's other times where I get to the other side and I'm on level Solid ground. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to climb out of the wheelbarrow. So trust is a little bit different than faith Mm -hmm. because trust is not like, you know, Mm -hmm. I put my faith in Jesus once Once. and and it's a done deal. And, and I always have faith now trust is it's, it's kind of like when Jesus talked about taking up your cross, right? You got to do it daily, daily. And so there's always going to be new things Mm -hmm. where we have to put our trust in. We are going to have to get in that wheelbarrow over and over and over and over. And a lot of times, 
you know, a lot of times we've got stuff in our lives, we've got baggage in our lives. And one of the things for me personally, what I have realized that has been a struggle for me is I'll, I'll say, okay, God, I'm, I'm going to get in the wheelbarrow. I'm going to get in the wheelbarrow. But some of my woundedness, yes, I, I'll leave over there on the side. I don't bring that in the wheelbarrow with me. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, God, I'll trust you. But like, let's just leave that alone over yeah. there. Oh my goodness. Yes. Yes. Right? And then Jesus is like backing up with the wheelbarrow and he's like, no, 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 no. We got to, we got to pick that up and we got to bring that in the wheelbarrow too. Yes. Oh my goodness. This is so powerful. Seasons change in our lives. Mm -hmm. The getting in the wheelbarrow looks differently, right? So when I had babies and toddlers, yes, getting in the wheelbarrow as a mom with toddlers looked much different than getting in the wheelbarrow of a mom with teenagers. Yeah. So now Now there's a whole different level of trust God is asking me for, right? You are on a big threshold of trust, Erica. (laughs) You, I think that was one of my biggest, one of my biggest. Yeah. My thirties now, I can't believe I'm saying that, but my goodness. Yeah. So so I, I feel you. Yeah. We can't allow the enemy to beat, beat us up. Mm. with this. Oh, well, you should, you, I mean, you still don't trust God. Yeah. You still don't trust God. I mean, it's kind What's of like problem? This stronger every day, right? Yes. The title of your book is not strong every day. No, it's or strongest strong every, day. every day. And that's the same idea with trust, right? Love We're that. trusting more every day. There's yes. all, you know what? There's going to be elements of our lives relationships in our lives, Mm -hmm. the right set of circumstances are going to erupt and, and we're going to realize I don't trust God at all in this situation. I am manipulating it. I'm trying to control it. I, I feel like if I'm not doing all of these things, it's all going to crumble and fall apart. We are going to go through that process over and over and over in our lives. And I don't say that to be like Debbie Downer or negative. Oh no, it's real. I want it's, it's real. real. You're you're not as we say spiritual bypassing the deep yes. hard work, psychological, mental work that has to be done. That's exactly. huge. That's and and if I can interject just for a second cuz I will forget this, but when you were talking about getting in the wheelbarrow and leaving our baggage, our wounds, you know, over here, well Erica, isn't isn't the wheelbarrow journey across Niagara Falls where the gold dust comes? Exactly. That exactly. can't come any other way. No. No. Oh my gosh. No. Sorry, that's a moment. And that's exactly what you're talking about. Um, you know, how do you learn to abide with Jesus? Yeah. How do you experience that? Well, that's that's it's going through that valley. It's being willing to go through the tough mental work of getting in the wheelbarrow with that yuck. Yeah. Right. And and just picture in your mind's eye, picture yourself, you're sitting in a wheelbarrow, right? Mm -hmm. You're, You're nestled back in your behind is right on top of that front tire. Your legs are sticking up, hanging over the edge, right? You're holding that pain Mm. in your lap. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is pushing that wheelbarrow. Yes. All you can see is your face. Mm -hmm. And as he speaks, that magic golden dust flowing from the eternal word, Mm -hmm. where is that dust going to fall? Mm-hmm. right on all that pain you've been willing to get and hold in the wheelbarrow all that dust is going to fall right out of his mouth onto that pain sitting in your lap it just and by the time you get to the other side it's no longer this broken mm-hmm. pile of mess all of his golden dust has fallen on it and created this beautiful masterpiece. Yes. When you get to the other side, you're no longer holding a disaster. Oh, 
Yes. You're holding a masterpiece. And you're whole. And you're whole. And you're whole. And and that is the trust that Jesus is asking us to do. Mm-mm-mm. And so it a lot of it, you know, I think a lot of it the whole reason why we need Jesus is oftentimes we don't necessarily even know mm. what those broken pieces are. We've lived Without with them a doubt. our whole lives. Without a doubt. Right? M- much of it is trauma. Much of it's subconscious talking the language of our community. Much of it is, is yeah. not in our conscious awakening. Right. Exactly. Right. We don't know. And, and so as we sit with Jesus, yeah, as we are in his word, um, you know, what is the role of the counselor to guide us into all truth? Yes. The Holy Spirit becomes equipped um, to work within us. Not, I mean, the Holy Spirit is completely sufficient. Correct. But he guides us into all truth. So he yep. takes truth mm-hmm. and then he guides us through it. So if we don't ever open ourselves to truth, it's like asking a tour guide to take you on a safari but you never show up to the beginning of the tour. Right? Exactly. Like, yes. I was telling so a, a, a dear yeah. client the other day, he, who is, he's, he's in the deepest, darkest valley of the shadow of death. And right as we were closing, I said, but you know, you got to walk out of it or crawl out of it. Mm-hmm. I would love to wave a magic wand. I know Jesus would love to just, you know, get you out of there. But he, he does, he, number one, he gives us the power and the strength right at the moment when we need it, either two, two different analogies going on here, but either to get in the wheelbarrow or to crawl out of that valley of the shadow of death, you know? And so we have an important part to play here. Yes. But we have the Jesus who gives us the strength to do that. And that in that, we're becoming stronger every day. Yeah. I yeah. love that so, so much. Thank you so yeah. much for sharing that powerful, that, okay, so either I'm going to create a wheelbarrow meditation for our everyone today, or we're <laughs> going to just have you tape it and we'll add it. But I believe me, dear, dear heart lifters, everyone in the Stronger Ever Everyday community, I just have to create a meditation based on that wheelbarrow that you just walked us through or, or you will. It, it was so powerful. I'm, I'm just, my face hurts from smiling now. I was wanting to cry but now <laughs> I, and just my face hurts. <laughs> but if I could just guide you for a moment, uh, cause we have gone, I, I could just, I'm so honored you're here. I just feel like we could just talk forever and we will talk again and maybe again and again. And I see a conference with wheelbarrows. I just do. (laughs) We're all back together again. Let us come together in a wheelbarrow conference. I can just think that would be so freaking powerful. But in your, in your book, Unexplainable Jesus, you focus on, and I think it's absolutely amazing how our conversation has unfolded. I knew it would. You focus on Luke 1, 39 through 56, and that's a verse where we find Mary being visited by the angel Gabriel, and then she goes and visits Elizabeth. And you write this, Elizabeth in her seclusion, Mary in her isolation, God in their beautiful intersection. Oh, just, oh my gosh. One older and full of wisdom, one younger and full of wonder, knit together in their individual stories to equip each other for their part to play in God's grander story of grace. Then you ask, number one, what remarkable writing, Erica. So beautiful. When I read God in their beautiful intersection, I just, I just took the sela, this the pause, and was like, "Where were you in that moment when you wrote that? How beautiful!" And so I feel like we're in the midst of a beautiful intersection today, personally, and I just am sharing it with you all, but our beautiful communities. You ask, "Who is your Elizabeth?" 
And who is your Mary? Well, I love this so much because today you are my Elizabeth. Mm. I really can't thank you. You write, who is your Elizabeth? Help a wounded woman recapture the wonder of our great God who does mighty things for his people. Who is your Mary? Share your wisdom with the woman who is wondering what all of her circumstances mean. Remind her to have faith. I'm going to add reminder to get in the wheelbarrow and to believe in the word of the Lord. The world needs more Elizabeths willing to share wisdom. The world needs more Marys walking in wonder at the goodness and mystery of God. We need each other. Erica, I needed you today. I needed you today and our community needs you. And I just pray that this will expand to others who need this message today. (sighs) Any further words on where you came in that beautiful passage of writing at this beautiful intersection when you, when you were with Elizabeth and Mary, when you were writing, because I know that you spent time with them. Anything that you feel like they could speak to us today from your beautiful work unexplainable Jesus. You've said so much, but just a parting word, maybe uh, how we might. Yeah. I, I love the fact that when Gabriel appeared to Mary and gave her just really hard call on her life. And, you know, I'm sure there are people out there and, you know, they're thinking, you know, I certainly felt that uh, going through infertility, like, why God, why are you giving me such a hard circumstance? Why is this so hard? I mean, what Mary was going to face was hard. Yeah. Unexplainably hard. hard. Yes. So in this moment, Gabriel says, oh yeah. And you know, by the way, your cousin Elizabeth, she's pregnant too. So immediately in this call of just hard of what Mary was going to face, God makes sure Elizabeth knows, even humanly speaking, Mary, um, you're not going to be alone. And so what no. do we see? We see Mary immediately head up yeah. down from Galilee to Judea to be with her cousin, Elizabeth. I know. I never and, captured this. This is why you're such a good Bible teacher. I was like, <laughs> she's just and, bringing out these amazing points. And it's like, God does that for us too, Janelle. If we'll just listen, Mm. you know, Mary had to listen. She could have just been like, okay, just stop talking. I'm not interested in anymore. You've already given me enough, right? But she listened all the way through and she remembered, Gabriel said, Elizabeth's pregnant. Elizabeth's really old. This is weird. Something's happening here with our pregnancies. I need to go to Elizabeth. God sent Elizabeth to Mary specifically, we have people in our churches, in our communities, in our families, neighborhoods that yeah. have, they are our Elizabeths mm-hmm. and God has sent them to us to get through the, why is this so hard? Why this is isn't this what I thought so my life was going to be like. Yes. This isn't exactly, this isn't how I thought it was going to unfold. This yeah. isn't what I imagined I would be like. 20 or 30 or 40, 40. or 50 or mm-hmm. 60. 60. So we need to be looking for those Elizabeths. Mm-hmm. Um, but that requires a special strength of vulnerability. It does. It really because does. We have to be, you know, kid, I mean, let's imagine somebody showed up on our doorstep and said, I really need to spend some time with you because I'm pregnant by God. Right. Yes. Just, that takes some vulnerability. Yes. Right. Who are our Elizabeth? But you know, the flip side of that is equally true, Janelle. Mm -hmm. Is there are many of us, you know, Elizabeth suffered humiliation, shame, Mm -hmm. rejection. People gossiped about her. People, Mm -hmm. you know, wondered what how come what's wrong with her? What's Mm -hmm. wrong with her? There There must be sin in her life. (laughs) How about this one? How many times have we heard this adage? You never know what goes on behind closed oh, doors. Apps, there's something right? so Something's wrong. Something's going on in Elizabeth's house. Yes. Um, hmm. So she good. Cried a lot of lonely tears. I'm sure she weeped 
as Hannah. It always of, reminds me right? of Hannah, Hannah back in First yes. Samuel one. Yeah. And and here is Elizabeth, and she's willing to share with Mary because Mary's gonna face shame, rejection, humiliation, right? Mm-hmm. She's the black sheep of the From community. Joseph. I mean, it was just exactly yes, exactly right. And Elizabeth is willing to speak into her life. But here's the other truth that the that we inconveniently forget. It was not easy for Mary to travel no. from Galilee to Judea to mm-hmm. pursue this relationship with Elizabeth. Right, there was a And cost. it was not convenient mm-hmm. for Elizabeth to house Mary in her home yeah, for shame three months storm. right? And feed her every day mm-hmm. and take care of her and yeah. Who knows what Mary's parents thought about all of this? And now is Elizabeth taking sides? And sure. I mean, just oh, goodness. I work with fam- fam- right? think totally of all the family dynamics going yes. on here. Yes. And see, this is what we have to understand. We kind of get this idea that if God's going to send me an Elizabeth, she's just going to show up on my doorstep. Right. Or it's going to be convenient. It's going to be easy. We're going to just immediately click and mesh. And um, we get this idea that that's how it's going to be if if it's of God. But that's not how this was at all. It was messy. It was inconvenient. It Mm -hmm. required some hard work. It required putting themselves out there. And, you know, the most beautiful relationships are born around the messiest tables. They are. That's beautiful. Right? I love that. I mean, Say it again. If you can think, yeah. yeah. Most beautiful the relationships. Most beautiful <laughs> relationships are born around the messiest tables. Oh, so good. And so they, good. Were, they had some really messy tables. Really and messy. so we've got to get over this idea that mm-hmm. we can't share our messes mm-hmm. and we don't have anything to offer. I'm sure Elizabeth, it went through her head. You know, nobody wants to hear about an old lady who couldn't have kids and God wasn't blessing her and God gave her a very hard and bitter and lonely life. Who wants to hear about that? Yes. That's what Mary needed to hear about that because she needed to be ready to Mm -hmm. face those hard things in her life. And there are a whole bunch of Marys out there that are going to face hard things. They're going to lose a spouse way too young. They're going to have a spouse walk out. They're going to lose a child way too young. They're going to walk through horrible circumstances with their children that are going to shatter their hearts into pieces. Mm -hmm. And they need an Elizabeth who's walked through that pain. Yes. Who can say, you're not alone. You're not alone. Someone who took, took the invitation. I know I've heard you speak before about the divine invitation and I, I, I love that so much and maybe we'll get into that next time. But God is always offering us, you know, calling means and its roots a divine invitation to participate in salvation with Christ. So I, that he's always offering us a divine invitation yeah. to get into the wheelbarrow. Yes. Amen. And, and take us on the grandest, the grandest adventure of our lives. Yes. <laughs> so pay a hundred dollars, you know, <laughs> to get into an amusement park, yeah. to ride 10 seconds on a roller coaster, yes. right? The thrill of it. Mm-hmm. I paid a lot that's of money so, to hop out of that plane. That's the wheelbarrow life. Mm-hmm. It's Ooh. thrilling. Wow. It's thrilling. It's hard. <laughs> it's hard it's and hard, thrilling and right, all of those sometimes things. Sometimes we're like going through it like, yes. yes. But like that's a also a huge, a huge part of the message here is that we learn to sit with all of the hard, all of the sorrow so that we can experience all of the greatness and the joy. We know, we know in research and study, if you don't sit with sorrow, if you don't sit with the wounds, if you don't get in that wheelbarrow and ride across, you were not going to experience the Ephesians 3.20 that God is Amen. an unimaginable. He, he will do the unexplainable in our lives. Yes. Do the unimaginable in our lives. He will help us through the unexpressible seasons of our life. So yes. So that, mm-hmm. I think we're going to just have to sh- just close here. I don't want to, but I want to honor your time. I've gone over time. So thank you so, so much. 
if you would, if you would just pray us out, I, I really yes. think this is a, a podcast. And if, if those of you who are joining us today, perhaps uh, I have felt this inclination while we've been talking, perhaps you've been one of your wounds is the church. Mm. I've been there. Maybe one of your wounds is a woman or a man who claims to be a leader of the church or who professes Jesus, okay? Today is an invitation from Erica and myself to come and sit and find out who Jesus really is. Mm. I pray you have a Jesus encounter. Erica, if you would just pray us out. Lord Jesus. I think about uh, your encounter with the woman in Luke seven, mm-hmm. the woman who everyone in the community called her a sinner. We're not even given her name. She was just a label. No one really saw her. They knew who she was. They probably knew what she did for a living, right. but they never saw her soul. They never saw her heart. Hmm. And yet in that moment, in great courage, as you're teaching, she rushes out of the shadows of the darkness mm. and she falls at your feet and she just begins to weep over your feet yes. and dry your feet with her hair. Yes. And I love that story so much, Jesus, because I love how she watched you be disregarded and humiliated by Simon as you came into his home and she knew immediately in her heart, the pain of what it felt like to be disregarded, to be humiliated, to be shamed, to be flooded with feelings of less than and ugliness and Mm -hmm. unacceptance. And so in great compassion for your own heart, she came and she just blessed you. And I think for all of us, when we think about our wounds and we think about the shame that we feel, maybe the guilt, maybe the regret, maybe the anger, the bitterness, I'm sure she felt so much bitterness towards Simon, who was being so rude to you in that moment, Jesus. But as we think about our own pain, how blessed you were when she came and she brought it to your feet. And in that moment, you looked over at her and you said, daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Hmm. And so, Jesus, I think that is exactly what you want to say to all of us as we come out of the shadows of the darkness. And we run to your feet and we release all of our tears, all of our pain over to you. You say to us today, daughter, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And so I pray peace over each and every one of us today, realizing that the emotions that we feel today will not be the emotions that we always feel. And the the view that we have of our circumstances today will not be what we always see. And while the future seems dark and unknown, you will bring your light through your beautiful golden dust as you knit us and heal us and restore all the brokenness of our lives. Because you promise us that you always finish what you start. And if you're listening here today, God has already started his healing work in you. And that's why you're here. Mm -hmm. He will finish what he starts. And we praise you and thank you for that, Jesus, that you are the author and the finisher of our faith. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So thank you, Erica. I want everyone, everyone, everyone to check out Erica's website. It is www.ericawiggenhorn.com. And that will be in the show notes. So you'll know how to spell it and you know how to get there. But yes, and can I just jump yes. in and say, yes. uh, if you do visit my website, you will find three free ebooks there about deepening your intimacy with God. Yes. So as you, if you are listening today and you're saying, I still don't know, I don't know how to 
deepen yes. that intimacy with God. There are three eBooks right on there. They're absolutely free. Yours for the taking. Jump over there, download them, begin to commit to time at Jesus's feet. Yes. And they're rich. I've already looked at them. They're amazing. So I always leave you with this reminder, my dear friends, that you are clothed in strength and dignity, nothing to fear, and you can smile at your future. Thanks for listening today. It was great having you here. For even more great content and resources, please join the Stronger Every Day online community at JanelleRairdon.com. Always remember, you, my friend, have value, worth, and dignity.